This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. How much do you love this? I love it. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to repeat myself, but uh, I have so much respect for this game. This game has been so good to me, uh, and, and I'm, I'm very um, thankful and, 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 and I really appreciate this opportunity. I mean, uh, the support that Lou gives me and, 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 and the involvement that he has, I mean, and the coaching staff. And I could not ask for any better situation at this period of my life. I mean, um, you know, yeah, it'd be easy to stay home and play golf, but I mean, and enjoy life. But, but this, is, this is what makes me feel I'm alive. And, and I really enjoy it. Patrick Waugh is back, baby. Uh, the Islanders win last night over the Dallas Stars. Bo Horvat with the Heroics 3-2. Patrick Waugh is now 1-0 and as head coach of the New York Islanders. Hands up, who at the beginning of the season thought that we'd be sitting here, you'd be listening, I'd be mouthing off, on January 22nd saying things like, the Islanders are 1-0 and under Patrick Waugh. But nonetheless, there it is. Um, a couple of things on Patrick Waugh. We'll go a little bit deeper here with Elliot Friedman coming up in a couple of moments here. Uh, there were a lot of people that thought that um, Patrick Waugh had burned a bridge. And as we've seen before in not just hockey, but professional sports, uh, you may burn a bridge, but they will always send a boat. And many thought that there would be no team from around the 32 in the NHL that would send a boat for the Patrick Waugh services. Now, I think a lot of eyebrows were raised that it was Lou Lamarillo um, of the New York Islanders who did that, uh, caught everybody by surprise. But then again, when things are silent, uh, assume that Lou Lamarillo is hard at work. That's how he tends to work, uh, undercover and very, very stealth and very, very quietly. Um, look, I'll just be blunt, like wide brush strokes on this one. The NHL is a better place. The NHL is a more interesting place. The Metropolitan Division is a much more interesting division now that Patrick Waugh is involved, whether it's Patrick Waugh and Peter Laviolette the next time the Islanders and the Rangers get together. Or maybe Patrick Waugh versus, oh, I don't know, John Tortorella, Goldberg versus Lesnar. Uh, the next time the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders get together and you just cross your fingers and hope that somewhere down the road, maybe as soon as this season, that any of these three teams have a uh, have a playoff series. I just can't stop but thinking about what a John Tortorella versus Patrick Waugh best of seven would look and sound like as well. Andrew Gross uh, stops by about the hour. Louis DeBrusque on the latest from Edmonton, and that is Corey Perry making it official. Uh, we've talked about it all weekend long and on the podcast this morning as well. He's a member of the Islanders. And uh, Ross Mahoney stops by as well, assistant general manager of the Washington Capitals. Uh, we'll talk about the latest with the Caps and also talk about the Western Professional Hockey Scouts Foundation. More on that coming up in a couple of moments. Meantime, from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada, he is Elliot Friedman. He joins me now. Fridge. Hello, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, have you slept at all? Like, I know not, neither of us had much sleep over the weekend, but have you slept at all? You had the uh, planes, trains, automobiles ride home yesterday from Victoria slash Vancouver, and we were up to the wee hours, almost 2 a.m. doing the podcast. Have you slept at all, Elliot? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I've, I've gotten some. I, I got refreshed. I slept in this morning, so I feel good. Okay, well, you uh, you woke to the news that uh, it's official. I really do. Nah, listen, uh, it's 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 faint. It's not real. It's phony. It's the thinnest veil. I really don't care about your sleep, Elliot. 
Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I kind of figured it was just <laughs> lame cover. Just being honest yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, listen, um, we all, uh, you know, this morning, as we suspected, uh, Corey Perry is now a member of the Edmonton Oilers officially, and I want to get there in a couple of seconds. But um, more on the Patrick Waugh thing, and we'll pick up a conversation that we, we started on the podcast. And a couple of more things I was thinking about this morning, um, Elliot, and that is, you know, the analogy that I raised at the top of the show was you can burn a bridge in sports, but usually they'll send you a boat to get you back. Um, there were a lot that thought that not only had Patrick Waugh burned the bridge, but there were no boats coming. And one of the... One of the things that I can't help thinking about is Mike Babcock and that situation with Columbus in the offseason and how, you know, there was talk about it's going to be different this time, it's going to be different this time, and it wasn't different. Um, Do you think that that had any bearing, and maybe it does on Joel Quenville too, on teams looking looking to rehire coaches that have been involved in questionable situations. Do you think that played into keeping Patrick Waugh out at all? Um, are, you, like, are you talking about the way he left Colorado and things like that? No, I'm just talking about like this. Like Patrick Waugh was always considered risky, right, after he left because, okay, so he walked out on Colorado. You know, which general manager is going to stick his or her neck out and say, yeah, I'm going to bring him back, knowing that, you know, part of the uh, – you know, uh, part of his his bio now is is walking out right before the season started on the Colorado Avalanche. We all remember what happened that first season with Jared Bednar. Yeah. It's a ri- I'm, all I'm saying is it's a risky move. And then when you saw Babcock go nuclear in the off season, do you think that gave other managers in the NHL, if they were even even considering Patrick Waugh, further cause for pause? Um, you know, I, I think that it did for a while. And I think you get to a point where you get to, like, as long as your behavior is not so egregious that it can't be forgiven, um, right? that um, then you eventually get a chance where people are going to say, okay, um, you know, let's, let's debate this person on the merits. And, you know, Ottawa, as we said, Ottawa interviewed him. I think there were other teams considering him. Um, it, it kind, of, you know, it had been almost eight years, like it's seven and a half years since that happened in Colorado. And I think Waugh, by his own admission, was shocked mm. at how long it took him to get back in, Jeff. I don't think he expected. Mm. So, like, I do think for the way he left Colorado, I, I mean, I don't know if blacklisted is the right word, uh, I, you know, but I, but I definitely think that. Uh, people were wary uh, of him. Um, is that um, that you know that he, he he got punished for that? And but I eventually think you get to a point where you get your chance to come back from that. And he clearly was remorseful and recognized that he handled it very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, as to Patrick, now I'm of the belief that he's going to bring one assistant along with them. Not to say that anyone else is going to lose their job on the bench uh, with the Islanders, but I, I do believe he is going to bring one assistant along with them. Um, I know yesterday today, you were doing the... Uh, there's a report yeah. today that he's taking someone uh, from Quebec, uh, one of his assistants from the Ramparts, I believe. And so, I, I mean, it, it, we all were kind of expecting that, and uh, I guess that is yep. happening. 
So we shall see. Uh, I'll tell you, Thursday is going to be wild uh, as the Islanders face off against the Montreal Canadiens. Just a, you know, I was mentioning this off the top. Like, it just seems like, well, first of all, the Metropolitan Division just got spicier. I think the NHL got better. I think the Islanders got a lot more personality here. I know the frames within, you know, uh, Lou Lamarillo paints doesn't always allow for fun uh, in the game. But nonetheless, uh, it's a funner team now to, to watch and, and to follow. Um, outside of this, the, the surprise, that you first felt when you heard the news. You know, what do you think of Patrick Waugh back in the NHL? Well, I, I think, I, I mean, I've always loved Patrick Waugh. I loved him as a player. I, I like dealing with him, the opportunities I had to do so. Um, you know, I, yeah. I think that he's, um, you know, I'm all, I like people who are passionate about what they do, right? And, um, yeah. you know, I and he is passionate and he's great to talk to. Like, he's, I like talking to him about uh, hockey. I like his passion. Um, I, I like everything uh, about uh, him in terms of how much he loves the game and how he explains the game. And, you know, like, like I, I think this is great. Like, look at all the excitement yesterday. Um, or when the news yeah. broke, it was a big wow. The press conference was really interesting. Um, look at <laughs> – I mean, the Islanders just became – uh, the province of Quebec's second favorite team. Like, look at all the media who's who's down there. Um, you know, look at the me- they're picking up their games now. Um, all of the attention, like it, it's good. Yeah. Like that kind of attention is good now. And you know, the thing is too is that you know you've been talking about it. That metropolitan division, um, it, there's no room for the quiet coaches there. Uh, that's for sure. You've no. got to be willing to stand on your bench and. <laughs> And be proud because between Laviolette and Tortorella and him, Lindy Roth is another guy who's, you know, not afraid to up and say, Brenda Moore, like it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's quite, it's quite a division. And uh, I really, I, I think, you know, I, I, I think it's good. He's getting this opportunity. Like I said, you know, you make your own bed. You have to live with the consequences yeah. of your actions and the way while left, he got punished for it. But I think he reached a point where he deserved it. And whether it was going to be the Islanders or he was going to be somewhere else, he was going to get it. It's a better league with him involved in it. We say that about all the superstars and certainly someone with as much personality as Patrick Waugh. Okay, the other big story going on right now and just made official uh, not too long ago, Corey Perry. Uh, signs a one-year uh, deal for the re- remainder of this season with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. You've been reporting on this one uh, for quite some time. Uh, why Edmonton for Corey Perry? I mean, I'm sure that there were no shortage of other teams uh, uh, that knocked on his door once he became officially available. Why Edmonton for Corey Perry? Well, we'll hear more from him. They practice at 11 o'clock local time, which is 1 Eastern, and he's going to talk uh, after it's over. Um, yeah. um, uh, but um, he is, um, you know, I, I think the Oilers were very interested uh, from the beginning. Um, I, I think one of the biggest questions, and I'm, I'm curious to hear more from him particularly, was, you know, would he want to go somewhere with uh, which where there was a big spotlight, or would he want to go somewhere where it was quieter? You know, Edmonton's not the biggest market in the NHL, but it's a passionate, passionate hockey market, 
And um, I don't know if he wanted that. I mean, ultimately he did. There were, I mean, the Oilers were right in this from the beginning, I think, or early in the process. Mm-hmm. But I, there was a time there that I don't even know that they were sure that they were going to get him. So, um, you know, and ultimately, I, I mean, I think he let them know uh, yesterday. We'll we'll figure out the timeline here as we as we hear from Perry and Ken Holland uh, later today. Um, but um, you know, I, I I just think Edmonton. Uh, has big hopes. Um, you know, Perry, before the Blackhawks terminated him, uh, he was playing pretty well. Um, there's, from an on-ice point of view, there's there's a lot that he can do. And uh, they wanted that player. You know, um, you know, Edmonton's also had some real success with uh, Evander Kane, which at the time, you know, people weren't sure if it was a good idea. I think if you have those kinds of situations and, uh, they go well. You tend to um, embrace them. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, the one thing about Perry, you know, we still don't have 100% clarity on what happened in Chicago, and everybody had to do some due diligence here. But there's there's no question in my mind, and, and again, I don't want to uh, minimize anything because I don't have 100% of the details. Um, but... Um, I think when the NHL indicated last week that they weren't going to stand in anyone's way of, of bringing them back, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think teams just looked at it and said, okay, that's now that, I don't think that means they didn't do their due diligence. I don't think that means they weren't asking what exactly happened here, but uh, like, it, like, you know, we've seen some people for behavior who can't get back into the league. Um, you know, I think the, I think the teams took that as a general idea that um, that uh, that it was something that they were willing to pursue. And I and I do think some teams so, weren't willing to do it, Jeff. I still think there were some teams yeah. who said, "No, we're not going to take the chance." Um, but you know, Edmonton and, and a few others were willing to take the cue. Let's open this part of the conversation up then, not just to Corey Perry, but the Oilers as well. Like right now, every everything is clicking for the Edmonton Oilers. They're on a three, yeah, thirteen game winning streak. Uh, real, like a real interesting game against Calgary on Saturday. Like at, at no point were the Oilers panicked. Uh, Sam Gagne scores on a goal that he'll tell you he's been working on for years in practice. Uh, just, hey, they all count, uh, I suppose. Um, you know, they're getting great contributions up and down the lineup. Don't look now, but Jack Campbell is actually playing well in Bakersfield uh, in the last handful of games as well. So that's looking good as well. Um, if you're Ken Holland, when you look at, you know, whether it's Stuart Skinner, whether it's, you know, the, the, the rest of the Oilers, the back end, all of it, the improved play of, of Jack Campbell in, in Bakersfield right now, what's going through your mind? Like uh, there at various times this year, we know they've uh, pursued you know, various goaltenders or investigated the market. Maybe looked at another defenseman. Maybe looked at another forward. If you're Ken Holland right now, and now you have Corey Perry as part of your mix as well, what are you thinking in advance of trade deadline here? Um, I, I still, I, I like. I think, I think Holloway coming back. Um, you want to see how that goes. I thought he looked pretty good the other night, but and I think he's a good player, but I, I think you just want to see how it looks. Um, I, I I still wonder if they're looking for another forward. Um, you know, the, the thing is with them is 
you know, they're really in a tight cap space. And, we you know, we, I mean, look, it, it's a go-for-it year again because, one, they have McDavid and Dreisaitl in their primes. Two, they're, yep. you know, they're, they're, they've picked themselves up off the mat and they're on a great streak. And three, we already know next year they've got big overage penalties, right? Because Connor Brown, and now they're adding Connor to Brown. it a little bit. Um, you know, they can add, um, uh, I'll tell you what it is here. I think it's about $300,000 in more cap overages. Um, I have to double check what it is. It's, yeah, I think, I think they can get up to about $325,000 uh, more on bonuses. Mm-hmm. So, you have to go for it. Uh, I think I still think they could look for another forward. Uh, I think that's possible, and I'm still wondering about their defense a little bit. Um, um, but uh, so when I look at it, number one, okay, is Pickard your backup and goal? Is, is he your guy? Are you committing to him the rest of the year? If not, okay, what are you thinking? So that's number one. To me, that's the number one question. I still think they've looked at another forward. Um, and I also still do think I've, I've had some people tell me that they could see them doing something defensively. But to me, the way I look at it, and again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. To me, the way I look at it, I think deciding on what your goaltending situation is and maybe one more forward is, is probably the priorities. But if Holloway and Perry work out, and I'm curious to see if they're skating together today, that might take the forward off the board. Uh, it might. Uh, and it is a light week for the Oilers coming up this week. They face off against the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow. They face off against the Chicago Blackhawks later on uh, this week. Okay, I want you to, if you can, Elliot, pretend in your own mind here, just albeit briefly, pretend you're Brad Living. Okay, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're reading Luke Fox's, uh, well, not his latest because he got a piece on Samsonoff, but uh, one of the other pieces from the weekend. This is the interview with, um, with Ryan Reeves, and you get to this part. Toronto's roster lists Reeves on injured reserve, but sitting alone mm-hmm. in his stall Friday, the player insists he's healthy and raring to go. Quote, yeah, I've been ready for a couple of weeks now, end quote. Reeves, careful not to theorize why he can't get in the lineup. That's a question for them. I'm just not in those rooms, in those conversations. If you're Brad Treliving, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're reading that, what are you thinking, Elliot? Um, well, I mean, that, those are one of the, that kind, those kind of comments. You know, they, they definitely raise eyebrows. They, they certainly do. <laughs> um, look, like Toronto's coming home from a West Coast trip. They've got a couple of days off, and they play Winnipeg on Wednesday. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder if this all gets sorted out by then. You know, sometimes, too, when the yep. Eastern teams are on the West Coast, um, you know, the, the, you carry your extra bodies and things like that. Um, and I, I got to think this all gets sorted out by Wednesday. There'll be some clarity here. Um, look, because it's Toronto and, you know, Toronto's always has never been afraid. And people think I say this as a negative. You have to understand that I am one of the biggest fantasy football roster manipulators alive. Like you give me a loophole <laughs> and I will take it. So I say this. With respect, yeah. uh, you know, the Maple Leafs know how to manipulate and use this. Uh, they get, uh, and they've gotten mad at me when I used the word manipulate before. They know how to use the salary cap and its various rules to their advantage. 
Um, how about that? Um, so I don't really have a problem with it, but I know that whenever something like this happens, um, you know, the calls get made and, you know, usually people don't worry about the IR. You know, they, they worry about the LTIR a lot more. Um, mm. But um, there, there's no question after that in this case. There, there will be at least a phone call made saying, what is going on here? And I'd be curious to see if Reeves is going to be on the active roster by Wednesday. Yeah, I, I wonder if this was just Reeves just forcing the issue, like, okay, let, let, let's force a decision here. Once you make this public, all of a sudden, everybody has to react. W- what did you make of the Maple Leafs road trip, by the way, finishing off with a, with a win against the Seattle Kraken, a team they seem to you know have had their way with lately? Well, I mean, Seattle is, is a team missing a lot of offense, so you have to beat them. Um, I, I, I think you, even though you're going in on a back-to-back, um, you know, you, you, you have, there's, there's, you look at that team and Toronto's roster should have beaten Seattle's roster. And not only did they beat them, they had one of their best offensive performances of the year, a season low, 17 shots. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know about the third period collapses. They're up two one after two and Seattle didn't get a shot for what? 13 minutes in the third period. Um, that's as good yeah, as it gets, impressive. uh, for Toronto. And when Samsonov was tested, like he, some of the chances they did get were good chances, and he was very good. And, you know, as I said, we, you know, Cuthbert mentioned it as, as the game ended, but, you know, we haven't said this a lot, but all of a sudden there's a little bit of, okay, where does Toronto go here? You know, Jones really bailed them out, but he looks like he's worn down a bit. And, you know, I, I think I think you go to Samsonov on Wednesday night against the Jets. It's a huge game against a great team, and, um, if you're asking me who's the guy that gives you the best chance to win right now, I would say that Samsonov has to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Matthews, front and center once again. We'll, uh, we'll finish up the Leaf conversation with him. Uh, 38 goals. You guys talked a lot about on the, on the broadcast last night. Uh, the between-the-legs move to get around and occasionally between uh, defenseman for Austin Matthews. So, I mean, he continues to impress. I mean, this this goal-scoring rate is, 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 is kind of crazy uh, for Austin Matthews. We're talking about the number 70 with, uh, with Austin Matthews, and you've brought up the point before about heart conversation uh, when he starts to get into this rarefied air, although, you know, Nathan McKinnon's going to make that a challenging conversation. So is Nikita Kucherov, so will Connor McDavid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are you seeing with Austin Matthews right now? I mean, you do Hockey Night on Saturdays. Uh, you do the Leafs Regionals on, on Sportsnet. When you're watching Matthews, what are you seeing right now? Well, I think you're seeing a guy who believes he's going to score every time he gets the puck. And it's not just in scoring positions. Like that between the legs move, um, you, you think, yeah. Jeff, like you're as much of a historian as anybody. You know, 10, 15 years ago, you do that and you're a hot dog. And now players like Matthews, what they've done is they've shown it's actually a very valuable move to get yourself in position score. Um, you know, the highlights you're referring to were Justin's. He's the one who did it. And, you know, he's, he showed how three times in the past couple of weeks he scored because he's yeah. used that to put himself in position to score. And, um, but, like, 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 he's always been a quietly confident guy. He doesn't brag about it, but he really believes in himself. He's just a guy right now who believes that no matter what happens, he can score goals. And um, I, I, I just, I'm just amazed by 
what he can do right now. You know, the other thing is I was looking at the I was looking at the heart race, Jeff, and you mentioned it. Like, yep. you know, Colorado's gonna make the playoffs. But there's a lot of really good players who are in the heart conversation who are right on the cut line. You know, Crosby's on the cut line. Kucherov is on the cut line. Uh, you know, I think the Leafs are going to be okay, but they're on the cut line right now. Like, they're they're in a playoff race. So, you know, now McDavid's going to be fine. The Oilers are going to be okay. But, you know, it would be kind of interesting if you get guys who have the season that Crosby and Kucherov and, and say, for argument's sake, Matthews is having, and they don't make the playoffs, you know, um, you know, this is a league where if you don't make the playoffs, you don't win awards. And very rarely, and Adam Fox is a rare recent exception, very rarely do you win an award this league if your team doesn't make the playoffs. So that's going to add mm-hmm. another layer to a very fascinating race. If you had to vote right now today, you know, I, I think my default might be Nathan McKinnon. What would yours be? I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think so. He's playing... He's playing the most of anyone in the league, and they're a great uh, among forwards, and they're a great team. I think, I, I think McKinnon uh, would be my guy. Uh, okay, uh, well that's no fun agreeing on stuff uh, tonight. <laughs> I think we can agree on this one. Uh, a number of intriguing games, and perhaps none more intriguing than the Winnipeg Jets facing off against the Boston Bruins. No Mark Shifley yep. in this one for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, just your, your thoughts on on these two teams right now. You know, in in, their, in both of their own ways, um, punching above their weight based on their expectations at the beginning of the season. Uh, first of all, we didn't think that Shafley and Hellebuck were still going to be members of the Winnipeg Jets until they they signed in the off season. We thought these going to be two trades uh, for Shevel Dayoff, and we thought that the Bruins were going to take a significant step back. Although, as people have mentioned before, like. Look, this is a team that, you know, even without Bergeron and Krejci, they could have lost 30 points and still been a 100-point team. That's how good last season was for them. Um, But, you know, outpacing expectations. We'll see them tonight. It's the Winnipeg Jets and the Boston Bruins. Your thoughts on this one, Fridge? Um, I'm looking forward to it. It, It's a a great game. As you say, like, the Bruins are kind of, even though they're not the Bruins of last year, they're kind of, they're a measuring stick for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, the yeah. Jets are, are, are playing great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of those games you look at it in your schedule. Like, there are certain games before the season you see and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm circling that right now because it's going to be a great game. Like, for example, the game we had on Saturday night, I always know when Vancouver and Toronto are playing each other because I love those games. Um, but now, as, yeah. as, the, as, the, as the year has gone on, you start to hear, oh, Winnipeg-Boston. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. I'm going to be watching that one for sure, and I will be doing that tonight. I'm going to be I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be looking forward to it. And uh, um, you got great goalies. You got some great players. You got team. Both teams play really good team defense. Boston always has. It's kind of a staple of who they are. And Winnipeg's has really improved. And, you know, I, I'll say this, too. One of the players I really started enjoying watching in the league is uh, is Dylan Sandberg. I had a chance to speak to him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I started yeah. watching his game even more closely since then. And that's a really, really improving player. Turn, I, I think he's made a real difference on the Jets roster. 
You know, one of the games, we'll end on this one. Uh, we mentioned it off the top. One of the games I think that we'll all pay strict attention to this week for the obvious reason. Uh, Thursday, the Islanders travel to Montreal to face off against the Canadians. Uh, I don't think that, you know, Patrick Waugh is going to leave Ilya Sorokin in there to, to rot with nine goals, nor do I think we'll have another uh, Patrick Waugh 95 <laughs> exhibition if he does. Um, but what are you looking forward to in this one and how much of a circus, like Elliot, an absolute circus, is it going to be in Montreal on Thursday for this one? Oh, it's, it, you know, it, it's like we said earlier, Jeff, the Islanders are Quebec's number two team now. Number one of the Canadians, number two of the New York Islanders. Mm. And uh, it's going to be a scene there. And, uh, you know, I I doubt it had anything to do with it. But part of me wants to know if, uh, part of me wants to know if Lou Lamorello peeked at the schedule and said, yeah, I'm going to do this now. (laughs) But I'm I'm betting the answer is no. yeah, I, I'm guessing he peaked at that game on Friday with a loss to Chicago and said, "Okay, the time is right uh, for this one. We cannot squander uh, at, we cannot squander a single point uh, against this Blackhawks team." Um, all jokes aside, great job this weekend. I know. Uh, listen, we all fight fatigue at this time of year, but dude, you went above and beyond uh, to make sure you met all your responsibilities. So great job. Uh, get as much rest as you can. I know your position is challenging, and uh, we'll catch up tomorrow. You know, Jeff, it's very kind of you to say, but, the, you know, the one thing I always tell people is I knew the rules coming in, and I knew there were going to be weeks like this, so I, I don't complain about it. I'm very lucky to do what I do, but uh, it was funny yesterday just racing back to the studio after the plane landed and <laughs> sauntering in 18 minutes before the broadcast. Like, people who don't know me, is I'm I always can- the last one. I'm always the last one on set. They're always chasing uh, me say, Elliot, can you please go on set? We need to check the shot. We need to make sure your audio works. And I'm like, it's five yeah. minutes before we go on the air. Lots of time. So it was nice to be justified walking in 18 minutes before the show and, and nobody could bother me about it. It was pretty funny. It was a good night. Please tell me you walked in like Liam Gallagher from Oasis with like a scarf and sunglasses and not a care in the world. And I want to have a coffee before I do anything. Please tell me you walked in rock star style. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't look as good as Liam Gallagher. I, I would never claim that. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, like, like it was a long travel day. So I was disheveled. And normally people look at me and they're like, I can't believe this guy. And in this case, it was people looking at me and says, I understand why he looks like that today. And once again, shout out to Hillary. Somehow she put me together to look presentable on the air. Yes. Stouffville's own Hillary Wrightbread. We absolutely adore her. Uh, Making us all look great. Uh, Thanks, Reed. We'll catch up uh, tomorrow. You'd be good. Uh, You too, buddy. Take care, Jeff.